the Apollo Podcast Network. Welcome, everybody, to the Road to Glory podcast presented by Apollo Media. I am one of your co-hosts at Apollo Des One, and I'm with the newest member of the Apollo Media team at Chris B. McGeehee. Chris, welcome to the team. Welcome to college football. We are back, and the road to glory starts tonight. I'm ready to do it, man. I've been waiting for this weekend since the national championship game was played, and we couldn't ask for a better slate of games to kick things off this weekend. Oh, absolutely. I I think it's one of the best weekends of the year. Uh, Football's back. Football is king. And I'm excited. Uh, it's It was a weird year last year, shortened seasons, teams missing games, teams not playing games, and, and players missing everything. And, and there's a little sense of normalcy coming back, and that starts with the kickoff. Uh, we had week zero last week. We had a little taste of college football, but it's go time now. We have, we have some great matchups this week. We have some phenomenal players coming back. And uh, it's going to be fun. I'm, I'm excited to see where we go and where this road to glory takes us. Absolutely, man. We've got we've got heavyweights squaring off. We've got fun team versus fun team. We, of course, have our annual Sunday night Notre Dame game. I mean, throw a dart and you're going to find something that you enjoy watching this weekend. And I we talked about it a little bit yesterday. Um, you're like me, man. I, I build – for me, you know, some people have Christmas, some people have Thanksgiving. I have Labor Day weekend and the opening weekend of college football. And I build my entire weekend around consuming so much football that my wife hates me come Sunday night. And I think you're right there with me. And so, I, you know, I hope that everybody listening is, is ready to join us on that journey this season uh, and, you know, be right there with us. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, the, and the, the best thing about all this is, is also the growth of Apollo. We we you know we we started off astrocentric. We we brought on the rocket side. We did college baseball, and I, and I said it. I told the team I was like, college football is my my passion. I love it. It's my it's my Longhorns. It's everything about it. I love football, and we're gonna grow this sucker out. And then Jackson introduced Chris uh, to me, and I was like, yeah, we got it. The energy's there. The synergy's there. So, Chris, once again, welcome aboard to Apollo Media. Um, tell us about yourself. Tell us, uh, tell all the listeners who's your team, who you rock with, and uh, kind of fill them in. All right, guys, a little bit of personal background on me. Um, born and raised in Louisiana. I was an LSU fan since before I could walk. Um, I've spent time living in Louisiana, obviously. I've spent time in Florida, uh, you know, amongst Florida fans, Florida State fans, uh, a bunch of Alabama fans. I'm going to be nice and just leave it at Alabama fans. Uh, And then I moved to Houston uh, about a decade ago. Um, I am a proud UH alumnus. Um, So secondary school, obviously the Cougars. Um, But I'm going to be honest with you, man. While I do have my favorite teams, if if it is a good game, I will 100% take it. I am – um, I graduated with a degree in journalism, um, and I honestly, I, that's how much into football I was, is I wanted to be able to do 
what I loved while watching what I loved. And uh, it's a marriage of, of perfect things here. Football, journalism, taking it in, discussing it, dissecting it. And I mean, that's me, man. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. Uh, Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, I I can't wait. Uh, Everyone by now listening uh, if you if you followed upon me, you know I'm a I'm a diehard Longhorn fan. I, I get all the jokes and my mentions all the time. It's Texas back, um, but I can't wait. Uh, I'm a season ticket holder, so I'm going to be in Austin this weekend to see Sarkeesian and and the inaugural game of his tenure at the University of Texas and Hudson Card, uh, running running the ship at QB one. And I'm just excited to be back. I'm excited to be back on the 40 acres. It's going to be like 102 degrees. I'm uh, not going to enjoy that. It's a 3.30 kick, but I'm going to enjoy a lot of cold beverages and tailgating and just all the cool other stuff of college football. I mean, and if you're listening now and, and you're not a college football fan, I highly recommend you, if you're in the greater Houston area, you go to UVH game, you go to College Station, you go to Waco, you go to Texas, you go down the road to LSU, uh, get a game in this fall because it'll change your life. Because once you step on campus and you – and you hear the sounds and you hear the 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 crowd and, and the both parties is going at it and the food and everything about that makes college football great. Um, before the game even kicks off, you have to soak that all in. And so um, it's just one of the coolest things. I, I, I think that there's no other sport that has this. Yes, NFL has a tailgating, but it's not do or die. You know, you have 17 weeks to, to make it to the playoffs. You, you can't afford to drop one or two games anymore. Obviously BCS is gone. You have the playoff, but you just can't afford losses. And so it's do or die every week. And that's what makes college football and the fanatics that like me and you yep. uh, live and die by week by week. A hundred percent. And you know, you're, you're recommending that everybody go catch game, even if they're not the biggest of fans. And I got to tell you, I don't know. I mean, obviously we are still, either in the pandemic, coming out of the pandemic, however you want to look at it. And I don't want to get political. I don't want to, you know, nothing like that. All I'm saying is if you can find a place that does tailgating and does it right, you don't have to show up five minutes before the game, grab your seats and get some stadium nachos, show up, talk to people. I mean, you can be rooting for the opposite team. And they're still going to give you some food to munch on while you banner back and forth. And that is by far one of the absolute best experiences that, that I've ever had. You know, you, you can walk into uh, you, you know that when you go into the stadium, you know, that afternoon, they're going to jeer you. They're going to mock you. They're going to make you feel unwelcome in that stadium. But outside those stadium walls, they could not be nicer 99 percent of the time. And it really is a true college football community and God, I'm so glad it's back, man. Yeah. And before we jump right into the rundown of the top 25, it's been a, a, a shift and new things and we've seen it happen. And, and that's what the NIL NIL popped up. Uh, the players are finally getting paid the name image likeness. Um, we're starting to see it all over the country. There's kind of no ground rules right now. It's kind of the wild West players are, are, are getting money hand over fist. You have high school seniors uh, skipping senior year high school and enrolling early to get these NIL deals done. I think uh, Quinn Ewers, the number one quarterback in the country, uh, just got a $1.4 million deal, and he foregoed his senior year. I, I If you would have paid me $1.4 million, Chris, to uh, skip geometry and go to college and enroll at Ohio State, I would have done a heartbeat just like this kid. 
So a hundred percent. And you, you can't blame them, but it's like you said, there's no rules. There's going to be a feeling out process trying to figure this thing out as we go along. And could there be some repercussions from that when it comes to transfers and recruiting and signings, of course. But what I don't want to do is sit here and make some overarching statement about what it's going to do to the landscape of college football until we start to see it in action. But it is something to absolutely keep an eye on as the season progresses. Yeah, and I think we saw it with the portal, right? Everyone was up in arms, the portal, the this, the portal, that. And it really hasn't made a super team it really hasn't a lot of given a lot of opportunities to a lot of kids to get in and out obviously there's been some circumstances with you know fields and all these big bigger names that gotten around it a bit where um you don't see the every everyday kid that's you know trying to just make a team and and he's bearing on a depth chart and tries to go back home to another team or whatever it is so i think originally when the portal was first introduced there was a lot of people up in arms about it and Honestly, we're a couple of years removed from it, and I, and I still enjoy it. I don't think there's any repercussions from that. So I think the NIL is going to kind of shake out the same way. And then the other big news just recently is you have a seismic shift of Oklahoma and Texas leaving the Big 12 to head to SEC country. Um, the Big 12 is kind of – the remaining Big 12 teams are just kind of lost right now. You have rumors of the PAC and the ACC and the big – trying to make a big super mega conference – and I think we're all headed there eventually just these big mega conferences. But right now what we know is Texas and Oklahoma are headed SEC country and they're going to have to bulk up. They're going to have to get the recruiting up to get, get those bodies ready to play SEC ball. But as a fan of the game, I'm excited to see those two blue, blue bloods go to the SEC country. A hundred percent. I actually wrote about that this week for Apollo Um and I was wondering how long it was going to take you to bring it up with you being a UT fan, obviously. Um, it, it, part of me is torn because, you know, UT and, and OU, as of right now, don't truly feel like an SEC team. And, and I felt that way when, you know, Mizzou came in, you know, a few years ago with AM. AM has started to feel more like an SEC team. Mizzou, not so much. But I feel like if there's any two schools – in the country that can adapt to the sec lifestyle it is ut and ou and i'm i'm with you i'm 100 percent ready to see it I, I when it comes to college football the main goal is to see the best teams play the best teams and 100%. in that regard it's good to have oklahoma man you know uh we'll see how it goes for texas you know in a couple of years you know if sarkeesian can be successful you know, keep the recruiting going, adapt. But I, you know, it, when you get UT Alabama on a random Saturday in the middle of November, or you get Oklahoma versus Florida or Georgia, what have you, I, man, I can't wait for it. I, there's going to be some good ball played. For sure. I think it elevates everything. Um, I think it money talks, right. Obviously that was the big, the big move in, um, I'm excited to see Texas, Texas A&M again. I'm excited to see Texas versus LSU and Bama and, and Georgia and Florida and all these games. Um, and as a fan, I love to travel to at least one Texas road game a year. So by doing that, selfishly, I now get to go to a lot more stadiums, a lot experience the SEC country and the tailgate and all that. So I'm pumped for that. Um, let's just jump in the top 25. And if you're listening now, hopefully you know what it is. We'll kind of run down it quick. 
Um, your top 10 right now, this is according to the AP poll. You have Alabama at number one, Oklahoma at two, Clemson at three, Ohio State at four. Obviously, Chris, any feedback there for the for the top four right there? Pretty chalk. I mean, obviously, Alabama is Alabama. Yes, they lost everybody. They had to reload. I, But they are Alabama. Uh, Oklahoma's got potentially the best quarterback in the nation coming back to school for, you know, his, probably his final season. So one and two, no-brainers. The only thing that you could maybe make an argument on is, you know, the the three through six spots. And I know we'll touch on five and six, but I mean, honestly, uh, the way that it is, I, I don't want to make any judgments until after a few weeks of football have been played anyway. So right now I'm fine with Clemson and Ohio State being in that top four because they did it last season. Yeah. And I think you're right. I think the one and two are kind of solidified right now, maybe Clemson at three, but from four to 10, it's kind of wide open. Uh, the who's who of Ohio State at four, Georgia at five, and them at six, Iowa State at seven, Cincinnati at eight, Notre Dame at nine, and North Carolina at 10. Um, I think those are kind of all a little interchangeable. Um, obviously, you have a Georgia team that is still trying to get over that hump and win the big game. You have Texas A&M, who's probably has probably the best defense in, in the country or second best defense in the country. And that that's coming from a Longhorn fan. Yep. Uh, Iowa state, they got Purdy and they got Campbell. And, and when I, I'm so surprised that he's still there one, but two, the way that he gets the most out of this team, I think he's a great head coach. He's going to do big things. Um, they since fly under the radar every, every season, year. And yet he continues to produce results year after year. And I do, he's so close to getting that breakthrough, you know, just yeah. one or two teams standing in his way, but all he needs is the ball to bounce right a couple of times. And he could definitely take advantage. If any coach could, it'd be him. Yeah. I, I, I see that oh, week after week and they just grind teams out in the big 12 and they've, they just can't get that uh, Oklahoma bugaboo because it just, it always seems like the ball doesn't bounce their way yep. um, at times, but you have Cincinnati at eight, Notre Dame at nine, North Carolina at 10. You got the fighting Mac Browns, who's just rejuvenated his career in North Carolina. Obviously, he started his coaching career there. Um, he's got the boys believing. They're pulling recruits left and right. I'm happy to see Mac happy, um, but it's fun. I, that's your top 10. Uh, and then it's kind of just wide open after that. I think there's a lot of names listed here uh, that are just names by merit, uh, and that's why they're in the top 25. And uh, But we'll run down it. You got Oregon at 11. Uncle Phil and, and the and the Nike boys at 11, Wisconsin at 12, Florida at 13, the U at 14, USC at 15, your Go Tigers at 16 in the country, Indiana 17, Iowa 18, Franklin's Nittany Lions at 19, Washington at 20. That rounds off your top 20. And then your remaining five is University of Texas at 21, Coastal Carolina at 22, Louisiana Lafayette at 23, Utah at 24, and Arizona State at 25, rounding it out. There's, a, if you don't mind, there's a couple of teams that I just want to touch on just real quick here. Uh, yeah. Cincinnati sitting in that eight spot. I mean, to get a, a preseason top 10 ranking, uh, a, a lot of it is obviously based off of what they've done over the last several years, but last year in particular. Uh, undefeated regular season, obviously lost to Georgia by a field goal in uh, in their bowl game, but they've got 
two games back to back this season. Uh, I believe it's Indiana first, and then they get uh, Notre Dame the week after. And man, if Cincinnati can can get those two teams, if they can run through the regular season again, come out the other side unscathed, I you have to at least consider them for a playoff spot. Yeah, I think so. I, I really do. They. I think it's all out there for them, and they and they, they realize that. And some teams blink, and, and others don't. I don't know what Cincinnati falls in categorize. I would think they don't blink, and they just go out and go get it um, because it's right there for the taking. The playoff is is there for them. I think the path that road to glory is there. So um, I think you're right. I think you nail it. That's going to be interesting. You you touched on North Carolina. They're going to be an interesting team to to keep our eyes on as the season progresses, obviously trying to wrench the ACC away from Clemson. It does look like even though North Carolina has closed the gap, I don't know if you agree with me here, but I still think Clemson is probably a cut above, but North Carolina is trending in the right direction. And it definitely looks like they could probably be the second best, maybe at worst third best team in the ACC. So keep an eye on them. And then, you know, you, you got your big 10 teams, all hovering right there at the end of the top 20 and seeing them fight amongst themselves throughout the season, knocking each other off, you know, it, and that's another one where you have the clear front runner in the big 10 with Ohio state. And you've got all these teams that are a tier below trying to fight for what will likely be the privilege of facing Ohio state in the conference championship game. And, you know, if you make it to that point, you know, anything can happen. I, you know, I don't want to sound cliche, but when you have a top 25 that looks like this to begin the season, I mean, it's wide open, man. Yeah, I agree. I think there's there's so much football to be played, and especially with where we are with, with COVID and everything. Anything could pop up. If a team breaks out, they have to forfeit a game. That could sink a team. Um, it's – you just have so many different dynamics this year. And at the end of the day, you still got to play football and you still got to beat the guy in front of you. So I, I think um, the top 25 is strong. I, I think there's teams that do deserve being in there. I know there's there's going to be people out there like, why is Coastal Carolina in there? Why is Louisiana Lafayette? Because they're dudes and they got really good programs and, and they played really good football last year. Absolutely. And then, so I, I just think it's 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 not wide open, but it, it feels wide open. Uh, and that's like the best thing about week one, right? Because every team in the across the country believes that they can be in the playoff come the end of the season. Absolutely. I mean, obviously, after, you know, week zero, there's a few teams who have had their hopes dashed. But for everybody who's currently in that top 25 right now, the sky's the limit. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's your top 25, everyone. Uh, if you want to give us again a follow at Road to, oh, excuse me, at Road to Glory Pod on Twitter, um, we'll be blasting that out everywhere on our Apollo um, socials. But uh, that's the top 25. Chris, now we're going to go quickly into our games of the week for each conference. Uh, our own personal, like, hey, this is a game we, we'd like to see. I think our list is kind of be the same. Yep. Uh, We'll go through the pack, the Big Ten, the Big 12, ACC, SEC, and a Power 5 game. Uh, you want to start off with your your pack game? All right, week. let's start off in the pack. Um, honestly, in the pack, I'm probably looking at 
I, I want to see USC San Jose State. San Jose State's yeah. coming off a, a a pretty I'm not gonna say a statement win. I don't think it was a statement win in week zero, but they put numbers on the board and they've got their warm-up game. Now they turn around and they get a USC team ranked in the top 25, number 15, um in in the in the, in the Coliseum. And so I let's see what San Jose State really is. Can they come in there and pull off it, it, the the kind of upset that we saw, you know, a decade ago when Michigan got upset at the beginning of the season. Yeah, for sure. I think I think you're right. Um, I'm I'm gonna kind of I think I'm gonna take some thunder from you here, but my pack game of the week, I want to see UCLA versus LSU. Oh. Um, it's gonna be a good matchup. I think LSU is, is there. I think they're a, a three point favorite. You got you know the fighting Chip Kelly's and you have the visor on last week. Um, I think LSU is going to grind them out and, and I think cover that minus three easily um, because it's just SEC ball versus Pac-12 Pac ball there. Yep. We, we've seen LSU go up against a Chip Kelly-led team before when they played Oregon, and this was when you know Oregon was at the height of its powers, constantly competing for a bid for the national championship. And we started the season off with them one year and we saw what happens when speed meets strength and size. And it, I'm hoping for the same outcome this weekend, but I never count my chickens, man. Absolutely. Uh, your big 10 game of the week. Big 10 is gotta be. I, mm, I feel like it's gotta be Wisconsin Penn state. Yeah. A hundred percent. I, I was almost tempted to to go Iowa, Indiana, but I just think with each of those teams, Penn State and Wisconsin coming off the season that they came off of last year, they're both going to be looking for an early statement victory. Uh, Wisconsin was three and three in the regular season last year with all three of their losses coming against ranked teams. And then their other three games, they outscored their opponents 114 to 35. So, I mean, who were Wisconsin last year? And then Penn State, on the other hand, they started off 0-5, and, and then they finished 4-0. I mean, right now, Wisconsin is listed as a five-and-a-half-point favorite, but these two teams, at least from my perspective, look about as evenly matched as, as, as you can. And honestly, I think Penn State is going to pull it out. That's just me. But I mean, these are going to be two teams that really need this win to start the season off strong. Oh, for sure. I'm going to go with the same game. Um, it's going to be Penn State, Wisconsin for, for my choice. Uh, Big 12, Big 12 game of the Big 12 game of the week for you. Big 12, I, I, this is where I get to steal a little bit of thunder from you. And yeah. I, think I'm, I think I'm going UT, Louisiana, Lafayette. We, we touched on it earlier. Lafayette is headed in the right direction. They've become a good program. You get Sark's first game uh, in charge of Texas, you know, did the Saban rehabilitation work. Is this Texas tenure going to start with a disappointment? Is it going to start on a high note? Two, it's a matchup between two top 25 teams. And, man, I mean, it, it really could go either way. I think it's going to be a hard-fought game. Ultimately, I think UT probably pulls it out. But that's going to be an intriguing matchup with, as you mentioned, the 330 kickoff slot. Yeah, I, that's my game of the week as well. It's gonna be, I'll be there. It's going to be a hot one. I can't wait. Um, your ACC game of the week. ACC, I'm going to – 
This one, you know, I, I could have gone either way on it. So I will say my ACC game of the week is Clemson hosting Georgia in the Panther Stadium in Charlotte. Um, I, I, you know, I, it's hard to pick anything other than that game right there. Two top five teams, both of them, Georgia looking to finally get over the hump and Clemson looking to reload. Obviously, they've lost Lawrence at TN. They're trying to – they had a disappointing end to their season last year, losing to Ohio State in the playoffs. DJ Ugalele, it, it's finally his team. What are we going to get from them opening weekend? I cannot wait to find out. That's going to be – I think that's probably the game of the weekend. Yeah, I'm going to agree. I'm going to go with you as well. Georgia Clemson, five versus three. It makes all the sense in the world. Um all the hype from both teams it and puts you kind of behind the eight ball. If you, if you drop this game, right. Whether it's, it's Georgia or Clemson, cause Clemson will have to play Miami. They'll have to play uh, North Carolina. And then obviously Georgia will have to play the sec gauntlet. So uh, dropping a game. I love when teams match up like this because um, they're not scared. Right. And that's what we'd love to see. We'd love to see these matchups. So I'm going to agree with you there. Um, SEC game of the week. You know, they're, You've already used up our LSU UCLA. We've used up Georgia versus Clemson. I, while the SEC slate is not very good this weekend, I think the default answer has got to be Alabama Miami. I don't know yeah. if you're if you're with me there, I'm but 100% I <laughs> I don't think that's going to go the way that Miami wants it to go. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that's going to be the game of the week. Yeah, or, I I'm, agree. The 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 SEC game of the week. Let me rephrase. Yeah. I guess the the real question is the the spreads at nineteen and a half. Do you think Miami can keep it within a three score game? So look, I I actually uh, I did some research on this earlier today, um, and I've I've got a couple of little points for you here. So number one, Alabama has never lost an opening game since Saban has taken over. Wow! In in that time period, fourteen seasons, they have outscored their opponents. 567 to 163, which when you break it down, that's a 29-point average margin of victory over the last 14 seasons. If you only look at the games that they played their opening game against a ranked opponent, it's still a 24-point average margin of victory. So, I honestly, I, I think Miami loses probably by about 27 here, Yeah, if I, I had to guess. I think there may be a, a a backdoor thrill on a late late touchdown by Miami, but I just it's it's Nick Saban and, and I honestly I think like even with a late touchdown, I don't think it's enough to cover that nineteen and a half. I'm going to be honest with you. It, it, yeah, if they score a late touchdown, congrats! Now you lost by twenty four. <laughs> I, I, mean, I, I know that they had what they considered to be a season last year in which, you know, they, they came on strong. They, they, you know, they went eight and two. Ultimately they're looking to challenge for the ACC this year, but kicking off against Alabama is just, mm, I, it's a, it's a tough thing to do. And I feel for them. Yeah, I agree. And then the last one, uh, we'll round out this segment, uh, a power five game of the week. Gotta be Texas tech UH. Yeah. I think uh, it honestly with, with those two teams, you're looking at having some points scored, and if you need a refresher, you know, near the end of of a, a full day of watching college football, just turn that game on, sit back, and know that there's going to be touchdowns coming. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Uh, that would be my choice as well. 
Uh, that rounds out for the games we wanted to, to highlight this week um, from each power conference. Um, Chris, that was in the segment one. We'll take a little break and we'll be right back. You listeners, go out, follow all our socials, um, stick with us, be with us, and get ready to grow this thing all together. So uh, we'll be right back right after this. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Road to Glory podcast presented by Apollo Media. I am Chris. I'm here with my co-host, Dez. Dez, in segment one, man, we we talked a lot about uh, some of the games that are coming up this weekend. We talked about ourselves. We talked about the landscape surrounding college football. Now there's another subject that I want to broach with you, and I'd like to talk a little bit about some specific players to watch this weekend players or coaches in this particular case so i know that uh over there on the east coast there's a a player that you wanted to watch there's one down south why don't you tell us a little bit about who you're looking at this weekend yeah there's two guys that kind of just stand out um one it's a guy that's been at north carolina for a minute he is qb1 uh that's sam howe he's probably going to be a early heisman uh contender and talked about he's Mac Brown's guy um he's a war he has a little Baker Mayfield to him he just kind of grinds you down and, and makes big time throws and he can he can scramble and, and move the pocket excited to see him take this next step as a quarterback and as not as a underdog but as the guy as the dog and see if he can handle that pressure because it's different and um I'm excited to see that growth and that jump uh, with Sam. And then my other one is, is down here on the 40 acres. And it's, it's Bajon Robinson. Um, he's a, a sophomore. We saw him last year as a true freshman. He averaged more than 18 yards per touch in his final two games. He just never got the ball enough. And, and, and that's a, it was a Tom Herman thing. He, he kept the governor on, on the five-star recruit. Uh, it's frustrating because you saw all these other five-star recruits across the country getting the the workhorse feature now you have you have steve sarkeesian coming here and he knows what to do he knows how to handle the five-star running backs and he said it throughout the offseason he's not going to um put a pitch count on uh bajan he's gonna let him run and he's gonna he's gonna give him the the workload and i want to see how he handles the workhorse load and and everything like that because the kid's a special talent and that's uh the two of the guys that i kind of Week one, I, I've been ready to see um, getting back into action. With with Bijan, I, I will say this: if if Sark's telling the truth and is really just going to turn this guy loose, I mean, you you've got uh, an incredible mixture here of of talent, opportunity, and obviously all eyes will be on him being at a school like UT. I mean. He could I, obviously. I know that he plays a position that uh, that isn't as glorified anymore. But you could also get some early season hype if he, you know, if he comes out, runs all over Louisiana Lafayette, and then follows it up with a couple, you know, really strong weeks. Uh, you could hear his name mentioned for some national awards come the end of the season. But there's there's actually something that I wanted to broach with you here, Des, and that's I want to talk a little bit about a group of players that I am really intrigued by this weekend. And that's the quarterbacks that are taking over some of the most prominent programs in the country. When you ran through your top 25 earlier, the first four, 
Alabama, Oklahoma, Clemson, Ohio State. Of those four, only one has a returning starting quarterback. Alabama brings in Bryce Young. Clemson, obviously, we mentioned him earlier, but DJ Ugalele was was there last year, but obviously it was still Trevor Lawrence's team. And then at Ohio State, we get C.J. Stroud taken over. And I I don't remember the last time that I saw 75% of the top four teams in the country all rely on what is essentially a brand-new quarterback. So how are you feeling about that this weekend? You know, Alabama, obviously, as we mentioned, they get Miami. Clemson gets another top five matchup in Georgia. Ohio State, obviously, I'm not going to say obviously, but Ohio State doesn't have as hard of a matchup as those other two teams. But are you concerned for any of them? Are you just excited to see them play? Where do you stand on these guys? Yeah, I mean, I'm a I'm a recruit gearhead. I, I love following recruiting. So I've, I've heard these names for a while now, and, I, and I'm glad I'm finally get to watch them play at this level. And all three, I think all three guys, DJ, Bryce, and CJ, are, are all capable of being in at that Heisman night at the end of the season, they have that talent to do that. Um, I, I, I'm excited to see just them, the former five stars ball out and play. Obviously they they have big games coming up. You have, you have Bryce versus Miami. You have the DJ versus Georgia. And then you have pretty much Ryan day betting on himself uh, with CJ Stroud. Like I'm excited to see that as well, because you have all three guys replacing quarterbacks that, um, that will never have to pay for a drink in their respective town ever, ever again, because they're legends of the game, right? They've, they've all done amazing, great things. So when you take that torch from someone um, that was there before you as QB one, I like to see how they bounce back from that. And cause that's a lot of stuff you have to shoulder as well as a hundred thousand screaming fans, as well as a team that hates you and wants to dethrone you and, you know, everyone on campus as well. So um, I'm excited to, to see them ball out because I think they're all capable of being Heisman candidates at the end of the day. And um, I just want to see them throw that pigskin around. I, I'm right there with you. And, but I will say this, and you, you talked about the fans, you talked about, you know, the, the opposing team, but also just think about the pressure that these guys, I, I mean, even if it's just on a subconscious level, it might be something that they never admit to, but think about the guys that these guys are following, you know, Bryce Young's coming in after Mac Jones led Alabama to what is potentially their most dominant season of all time. Uh, DJ coming on after Trevor Lawrence, who, you know, obviously national championship to his credit, number one overall draft pick. And then CJ Stroud coming on after seeing what Justin Fields did at Ohio state first round draft pick, you know, playoff success. I, there's a lot of pressure there. And I mean, for as young as some of these kids are, seeing them being able to shoulder that and, and excel through it, I love it. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's, it's really the most, that's why like week one is, is so exciting because you have all these unknowns, right? We, yep. we know the talent, we know they're, they're five star guys, we know what they were as prospects, but. Now the helmets are on, the lights are the brightest, they're on stage, and we got to see how they react and how how they actually play. So um, I think you nailed it, absolutely nailed it. 
Well, there, there's one other thing that I want to touch on here before we move on to what we've got coming up next, and that is I, there's a couple of coaches that I want to touch on. We mentioned him briefly, but at your school, we've got Sark. He's coming on after his mentorship at, at Alabama. You know, he had the, the magic of Nick Saban all over him. It'll be interesting to see what he does at such a prominent program like UT. I think Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss is always going to be a fun watch. He is, he's insane, and his team plays like they're insane, and it makes for great TV. We've got Coach O at LSU. Obviously, they have such a historical season two seasons ago, and then they followed up with an absolute clunker last year. I mean, it, it was it was hard to be worse than what they were last season. So. How much goodwill does that buy him going into this season, that national championship from two years ago? How long before, you know, the the positive effects from that wear off? Is he, I mean, you joked about it earlier, but, you know, does he, does he find himself on the hot seat at the, by the end of the season because of the massive expectations that are on the LSU program? Does he have a bounce back season the way that Nick Saban did in his season following the clunker after a national championship. It'll be interesting to see what route those take. And obviously Ryan day at Ohio state, we've touched on him, but man, he has really impressed me more than I thought he would after taking over for urban Mac Brown being at North Carolina. I mean, man, there's, there's so many good coaches out there and uh, seeing them being able to, to guide these players, help develop them. That's all I want to see, man. Yeah, I agree. I think there's there's just so many um, so many things with these coaches that they've been able to go through over the last you know year and a half through the pandemic, and you having all these super seniors and all these guys returning. You have recruiting classes coming in. You're you have uh, just a surplus of players, and then you got to find the best <clears throat> eleven on both sides to to play, and. Um, we talked about it on our college baseball podcast. Like, I think the biggest hurdle is like, you have this talent influx. You just got to figure out what fits the most. And it may, may be leaving a five-star on the bench because you know, the, a four stars better, or whoever it is that beat them out. Like you got to figure out what makes the team mold and, and, and mesh well. And that's why they, they get paid the big bucks. Right. And absolutely, uh, it's just, it's, it's, it's cool. It's a cool dynamic to see as, more I would just classify as a super fans essentially we're, we're more than just the normal fan but to see that and understand that um I think those guys are just itching their football guys right they're just itching to get out there to uh to to just get the season going because they've they've had such a long wait yep all right man I I think that's going to take us into our our final segment here you want to you want to take the lead on this one and, and show everybody what they're in for this season yeah, absolutely. We're going to do a little college game day, uh, pick them. Uh, hopefully by the end of the year, we will each have respectfully our, our Corso hats and, and and gear from schools respectfully when they send it our way. But um, yeah, let's go with the first game. Uh, we touched on a few of these games earlier in our, in our games to watch, but uh, we got Penn State versus Wisconsin, an 11 a.m. game. I, I'm sure we're going to see 50 punts. It's just the classic Big Ten early start time, 11 yep. central time. The line is five and a half. Wisconsin is the favorite. Um, who you got? 
I said it earlier. I'm going to double down on it. I think Penn State goes into Camp Randall Stadium and ultimately walks away with the victory. I am with you. I don't think it's going to be super high scoring. I think something like 17-14, uh, you know, 21-17, somewhere in that range. But I do think that Penn State is ultimately able to pull off the victory. Yeah. Um, I mean. You you want to disagree with me here, don't you? I do. I is, do it, is it because, because it's in Wisconsin? Or is it because you think Wisconsin's a better team? I'm going to go – I'm just going to go with Wisconsin. I'm just going to go with my first initial gut and just say Wisconsin. Okay. I'm just going to do it. Am I going to fight it? I'm just going to go Wisconsin. All right, man. What uh, what game do we have next on, on the schedule? Uh, yeah, Bama versus Miami. Yeah. I think we both are going to agree on this one. Yeah, I don't think there's a whole lot to be said because we went, we went in and on it earlier, but I think Bama, and I think it's Bama by a lot. Yeah, I, it's it's a uh, like you when you put the math out and, and you hear it, it's just hard to bet against Nick Saban, and you can't. And that's that two thirty game on ABC, the Chick Fil A kickoff game. Yep. Um, I, I think we're both going to go Bama there. Uh, the next one we we could touch on is a seventeen versus eighteen battle, kind of flying under the radar. Two thirty game. Uh, you got Indiana versus Iowa. Iowa is a uh, minus three favorite. Um, who you got there? My gut says Iowa, so I have to roll with Iowa. I don't have a whole lot of in-depth analysis to give you on it because these teams on paper are about as even as you could possibly be. But I think that being in Kinnick Stadium and everything that they've got going on at that program, I do think they ultimately find a way to survive against Indiana. How are you feeling? It's It's a Big Ten matchup, so – I'm going to go with the with the home uh, favorite. I'm going to go Iowa. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to take the points to minus three. I, I don't know if I – I think it's a little coin flip. Um, but I'm going to go Iowa. That's what I'm going to go go ahead with. Uh, our next game is the game I'll be at that we touched on. We have number three t- – number 23, Louisiana Lafayette, versus number 21, Texas. The line has dramatically fallen from minus 14.5 all the way to minus eight. Texas. Um, Chris, I'm going to go get it out of the way first. I'm going to say Texas, but I'm not, not, um, I don't have the warm and fuzzies about it. And that just may be the PTSD of the Charlie Strong era, and the Tom Herman era. I traveled to um, Maryland for that game a couple of years ago. I was in the stands wow. when Texas lost to Maryland at home and on the road. Uh, they had crab cakes and football. I had tears and beer. So hopefully <laughs> Texas can figure it out opening the season against number 23, Louisiana. I I know you want Texas to win, and I'm rooting for you for them. But <laughs> you it, would, it. it just wouldn't surprise me to see Louisiana Lafayette walk into DKR Stadium and walk away with a victory. I I don't think it'll ultimately happen, but you know what? I'm going Louisiana, man. I'm going the Raging Cajuns. I think it's close, but I think they eke one out, and Sark gets kind of a wake-up call and really knows what he needs to do with this squad afterwards. Yeah, I, 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 I'm scared. 
I, I can say that in front of everyone listening now. Um, I'm I know you hate me terrified. after my pick on that one, but uh, honestly, I, I do think it'll be a good game, and we'll see how it'll shake out. Yeah. Um, the next game is Georgia-Clemson, uh, the game of the week, 100%. I'm you going go Georgia. I'm, I'm going Georgia here. I think, uh, like you said, it is the game of the week, but – I think that Georgia comes in knowing who they are, not trying to replace as many important pieces here. And I think that if they can jump out to an early lead, they can hold on. The longer they let Clemson hang around, the more likely it is that Clemson will end up winning. But the way that it sits right now, give me Georgia. Mm. You want to disagree again, don't you? Mm. We're going to have fun with this this season. Mm. I'm going Clemson. Going I'm going to go Clemson. Clemson. Look, I'm not, I'm not in the SEC yet, so I can't do the SEC bias. <laughs> um, look, I, I think the, I'm just in the, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ride with Mister, Mister Snake Oil Salesman and Dabo, and I'm gonna go Clemson. All right, man. Uh, in the last game, your Tigers heading out to the West Coast, Pasadena, California, in the Rose Bowl. Yep. Um, LSU, UCLA. So here's the thing. They UCLA coming off a 44-10 win over Hawaii in week zero. That was largely uh, thanks to a 24-point first quarter that they jumped out to. LSU's had issues of their own. They had to relocate here to Houston thanks to Hurricane Ida hitting Louisiana. They're coming off a really bad season themselves, obviously looking for redemption. The way that it currently stands, LSU uh, is a three-point favorite. So, I mean, they view this game as being close as well. The books do. Um, Max Johnson now becomes a full-time starter. He only had 150 throws last season total. But – Give me LSU. Give me a gritty, grounded-out win against UCLA, and, you know, we'll get off to a strong start this season and then do like we always do and get absolutely demolished by Alabama to end any hopes of playoff success. Where do you where do you stand on this game, Des? Yeah, I'm going to go LSU. Uh, I, I think, like I said, I'm, I may bet the house on LSU minus three. I think they're just – bigger, stronger, faster than UCLA. Um, I think they're going to give Dorian Thompson a terrible time. He, he, and if you look at his career at QB1 at, at UCLA, he gets sacked a lot. I think the LSU defense um, is going to come fired up. I think there's been a lot of talk about the hot seat potentially being there for Coach O, you know, right after Brady and Burrow had left after winning the championship. Um but at the end of the day, you still have all these five-star recruits. You have all these dudes on that team, and I think they're just bigger, stronger, faster than UCLA, and I think LSU's in a cruise, cruise to a win. So you don't even think it's going to be close? No, I don't. I, I think the game may be over by halftime. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Boy, if you weren't going to be in Austin this week, I'd invite you over to the house just for that right there. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. Well, yeah. We, I think we've touched on just about everything that there is to possibly touch on for week one. So – Des, uh, let's remind the people where they can follow you. Yeah, at Apollo Des One, uh, obviously at Apollo Media, uh, and then our new pod, um, our new Twitter for this podcast will be at Road to Glory Pod, um, and that will be blasted on all socials coming out. 
Absolutely. You can follow me uh, at Chris B. McGee and we'll be and we'll be covering things throughout the season. And uh, Des, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, man. I can't wait to, to work with you. We'll be coming to you guys uh, every Friday morning and every Monday morning throughout the season doing previews, reviews. We might even drop a little surprise here and there throughout the season in the middle of the week. So that's why it's so important for you guys to follow the socials and uh, be on the lookout for any sort of news like that. So, Des, what do you say, man? You ready to get out of here for the evening? Yes, sir. All right, man. It was good talking to you, and I'm ready to do this next time. Absolutely. Talk to you later.